It's always fun to go live after Auburn lands another commitment. And Daryl, that's exactly what happened with Martavius Collins. I'm Zach Blackerby. Welcome on into Locked on Auburn. And joining me as he does for most of these special live shows, Daryl Daprich hanging out with us. Your initial thoughts, Martavius Collins, the talented tight end slash athlete. I think there's a lot to be excited about when you look at this guy. I do, too. I think a lot of times we all get carried away and put too much stock in the crystal balls and some of the things that people predict and project. But most of the time, let's be honest, it's right. And when he when Martavius Collins decommitted from Alabama during the last recruiting cycle, immediately, immediately, a lot of scribes, a lot of guys that cover recruiting, including your own, you know, John Garcia, who I respect more than anybody that does this, started predicting that he was leaning towards Auburn. Without coming right out and saying he's going to commit to Auburn, they started to say, reading the tea leaves, this was going to happen. So when that started happening, I paid closer attention to him, started looking at some of his measurables, some of the things. He's a, he's a high three-star, rated at .89 from a composite standpoint, but they list him as an athlete. Now, that may not seem like a big deal to anybody, and I may be goofy for putting too much stock in that, but that is telling to me because they don't list him as just a tight end. They list him as an athlete. 6'3", mm -hmm. 240, can run, is a shot putter. He's a track guy. I like that when you're talking about Hugh Freeze and his prototypical tight end that's a hybrid guy that's athletic, this guy seems to check all the boxes. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. And, and just the fact that this kind of adds to Hugh Freeze's recruiting legacy already because he what, had seven or eight flips to finish the 2023 class, this is technically the first flip because there's going to need to be several if this is going to be a top 10 class. This is his first flip of the 2024 class because this is a guy that used to be committed to Alabama. And I'm sure some Alabama folks will say, well, we didn't really want him. We didn't really want him. And like, okay, that's fine. Well, at some point you did. At some point you did and you you, you agreed to accept his commitment. But the, the relationship between Martavius Collins and Auburn's future quarterback, the quarterback of the 2024 class, Walker White, appears to be very, very close, Daryl. And I think that's something that we're going to see a lot with these Hugh Freeze classes. I think this whole family thing that fits in so well at Auburn is going to continue to be a pretty big factor when it comes to recruiting under the Hugh Freeze era. But Martavius Collins and Walker White's relationship already should get Auburn people fired up. You're right. And, and your first point, let's, it's semantics. Look, I, I get the whole argument of flip or no flip and the just it's the, a flip. He was committed he, somewhere else. He, he decommitted. Him. Yes, he decommitted from Alabama because his intent at that point was to go to Auburn. He might not have made it public. He may not have he wanted to wait and build up the excitement and get courted. But when he decommitted from Alabama, his intent was to go from Alabama and go to Auburn. It may not be official. But in that sense, it's a flip. I mean, he he changed his mind, and then that's when Alabama stopped recruiting him because they knew the ship had sailed and that he was going to go somewhere else. Or you don't decommit from an Alabama, right? You don't decommit from a school, in my opinion, unless you have plans to go to another school or you feel like you just want to open it up completely. So that's the first thing. Walker White, to me, his value of just a stud quarterback is one thing, a guy that I can't wait to come in. But, you know, a lot of times before someone ever steps on campus, you can see attributes and qualities in somebody that says, man, that kid's going to make a great leader. And that's what you want for the – he is a leader. He is trying to get everybody in the boat. 
He is one of Auburn's most successful recruiters. And his signing or his commitment to Auburn just keeps going up and up in value that you cannot just limit to the playing field, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, what he's already done as a recruiter and just pumping energy into a program that needed it, and Hugh Freeze has done that already, but getting guys that are going to help him and kind of communicate with other players like when the coaching staff can't with, during dead periods and, and things like that, I think that's huge. I think that's huge. And he's like such an impressive young man that it's like you, you know the staff trusts him to say the right things. So um, I love all of that. All right, so Apollo says in the live chat, I'm Collins my shot. This guy, Martavius Collins, has a 50-catch season by 2026. You buying it or no, Daryl Dabridge? A lot of that depends on we'd have to look at the components and the structure of the offense. I guess from year to year, Zach, any good coach is going to play to his strengths and what he has from a roster personnel standpoint. We look at that running back room and the stable of ponies that are there and he may not get an opportunity to get 50 catches just because why would you go away from something that's such a strength on your team? If Auburn you know, goes to an offense where they fling it all over the yard and they throw the ball 35 times a game, yes, I get that. But, you know, you, you got some running backs that are just Fat Burnett, Cobb, Austin still – some guys are going to be there, and I, you know, and then probably another running back in this recruiting class is what Auburn wants to take. I, you don't want to go away from your strengths. If your personnel dictates you only throw it 20, 25 times a game, that's what you do. So I'd have to wait to see what the personnel packages look like. Uh, but I get it. He's got that potential, uh, and especially in the red zone, 6'3", 240 track athlete, and you get listed as an athlete, not a prototypical tight end really has me excited uh, for what the potential could be there. Where do you rank the importance, Daryl, of this being a Georgia player? I mean, we've always talked about, you know, for Auburn to compete at the highest level, we saw this during the best years of the Malzahn era. They went in and got key guys out of Georgia. Derek Brown comes to mind, right? Mm -hmm. And this isn't, you know, this isn't like some five-star can't-miss player. Like, let's be honest with this, but... Like you said, I care way more about offer list than I care about stars. And the fact that this is a former Alabama commit, you could say three-star, but we all know if he would have stayed committed to Alabama, he would have been, been more than star. a three-star. Yeah, he would have been yeah. a four-star at some point. Maybe yeah. not right now, but at some point in the process, he would have been. And there's mm -hmm. a chance he's a four-star when it's all said and done right. um, c committed here as well. I mean, he physically the guy can do whatever he, I mean, I'm just imagine that guy on a high school field. I think he's going to be able to do kind of whatever he wants, but as far as just continuing that footing in Georgia, I love that. It's huge. Cause here's the thing. When Auburn was really, really successful in its history and when they've had their most successful seasons, you can pick a coach, whether it's Pat Dye or whether it's Terry Bowden or Tommy Tuberville, they went into Georgia and plucked, a lot of Georgia players. And I remember Alabama fans and Alabama coaches being fine with that because Alabama felt like they were focusing on one part of the state and Auburn was going into Georgia and getting its players. That's one thing to do that against Ray Goff and, uh, you know, Jim Donnan and, and, and even Mark Rick, who I think thought was a pretty good recruiter. But Kirby Smart has put a fence around the state of Georgia. I mean, in my opinion, when he got there, for whatever reason – 
he he made it very very clear that he if he wanted a kid in Georgia he was getting them no matter who it was except Derek Brown obviously so the fact that Auburn's going head to head with Kirby Smart and not Jim Donnan or Mark Rick in getting these Georgia kids right. I think is is huge and and let's go back to the point about the offer list for people that don't know that look at the three star two points you made that are very good that I don't want to brush over number one. This kid's still got a senior year to play. So when he drops 1,100 yards and 15 touchdowns next year, you don't think his star, his, he's going to become a four-star? Absolutely he is. He's got a big year in front of him where he's going to light it up like Cobb did. Number two, Florida State, Arkansas, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn. That's your offer list. I mean, we didn't steal him from Kent State or Kennesaw State. I mean, those are five, group of five, SEC and an ACC school that's on the rise. So I think there's a lot of – I mean, look, 6'3", 240 is an SEC college tight end body right now. There, there's not much growth into the frame. His thighs? Are kidding me? His what thighs. His thighs yeah. are SEC ready. You know what I I'm mean, saying? Yeah, he's ready, man. He's ready. You don't have to – he doesn't have to grow into his frame or get on a weight pro- – of course you want to get on a weight program and get stronger, especially if he's going to block some for the run game. Um, cause we don't know if that's, you know, what Hugh Freeze is going to ask of his tight ends, if it's going to be package specific, like third and six and one tight end comes in and another one comes out, or if he wants his tight ends to play all three downs, it'll be interesting. That's the kind of things we get to see next year with like Fairweather and, and Riley Ducker. We'll see that. We'll see right. if they stay, stay on the field for all situations. That's right. That's right. Rush says Evan Ingram was a three-star tight end out of Georgia. Wow. Out of Georgia, that's a little deja vu right there, right? Man, from, uh, from your mouth to God's ears, right? Yeah, that's a that's a great – I mean, I don't know how you can get any more comp than that. Three-star, tied in, played for you, Freeze, and by the way, out of Florida. I mean, out of Georgia. Out of Georgia. He's bigger, yeah. though. Collins yes. is bigger than Ingram was at, at, even at the college level, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Ingram was more lean – I mean, I, I felt like Evan Ingram's had the prototypical big wide receiver Megatron mm-hmm. body, you know, and Collins has more of a of a prototypical tight end, but they still list him as athlete, which tells you everything you need to know about his athleticism and his uh, versatility. I'm trying to find what this does for the overall class. Um, see how far it moves over and up but that usually takes a few minutes to yeah to update to that. I mean, in. I don't know what the average stars were. That's the thing. The average ranking, I think, was like .91 is what all yeah, was worth. So it's going to go down because he's – It'll go down. But then again, they give you points for just quantity, right, mm-hmm. the crazy way they do that. So it'll, 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 it may not move much at all. They may offset each other. Yeah. Yeah. We'll try to find that by the end of the end of the show as we are, are doing this live for folks watching it later. In this. So just looking at it right now, though, obviously Walker White is the headliner of this class still. Jamarian Burnett, who committed on the 24th, so just a few weeks ago. Amon Lade and Jaden Lewis, both four-star cornerbacks. And then Martavius Collins, the three-star athlete slash tight end, depending on what service you look. You got to feel good about this class so far, Daryl. I mean, all of these guys, you can look at all five of these guys and 
point out what their path to playing time is within their first two seasons at Auburn. And I think that's encouraging. Oh, absolutely. It is. I like the diversity. Of course, you know, we're, we're becoming defensive back. You have, you know, the majority when you only got five commits and two are uh, defensive backs, but you've got a wide receiver. You've got a, I'm sorry, you've got a uh, running back, a quarterback, and now a tight end in that class. And so I, I really love the diversity of that. I, I like the fact that there might be a particular position group in 2024 that needs to be targeted due to attrition. We'll mm-hmm. see. But I love, it's like the draft, and you can relate to this being a Patriots dude. When you okay. get that first pick, do you draft by need or do you draft by best player available? And what Auburn's doing right now, because they're all over the board in positions with this class, is they're just taking the best players available and plugging them in. And I like that. They're not looking and going, well, I better get five offensive linemen in this class, even if that means taking a three-star offensive lineman over a four-star defensive lineman. That's where it becomes tricky and difficult. And, of course, with the transfer portal, you really don't have to go to that theory. You can just get what you need, the best available, and then try to address your needs later if people leave. All right, Rush helping us out here. Rush says the addition of Collins boosts Auburn's recruiting class up three spots to 21st in the nation as the Tigers have leapfrogged Arkansas and Ole Miss in the 247 Sports Composite team rankings. The Tigers class now ranks seventh in the SEC. So there we go. By, by the time it's all said and done, and I love that you can chronicle and archive these broadcasts, I believe you, that – Who does it for us? Pardon me? Yes. YouTube does it for us. Amen. I, I am predicting that on signing day in 2024, mm-hmm. Auburn will have a top four SEC class oh. and a top and at least a top 12 t- class in the nation. That's hot. I'm into that. It's trending that way. That. That, I mean, that's not pie in the sky. And I think if you hear some of the names that could pop, you know, over the next few months, absolutely can shoot them up. up up the board on that so right now it's really nice and slow and steady but they just keep that you know steady climb leapfrogging Arkansas and Ole Miss which they always should in my opinion um so yeah it it seems like it seems like the next wave could be linebacker we've talked about Joe Phillips forever you know the the standout edge player from Tuskegee who's Mm -hmm. right down the road Four star, right? And Auburn, Auburn was in on him, and then all of a sudden, everybody in, in college football wants to to talk to Joe Phillips, and it certainly seems like Joe Phillips is going to be an Auburn Tiger when it's all said and done. Um, and he put out his top five yesterday. Auburn led the way, and then it was the other places that he's visited. But an incredible offer list for him. Oh, a sick offer list. And I then mean, the the other the other one, Daryl. Sorry to cut you off. If it's going to be a linebacker like this, DJ Barber kid. I think he's from Clay Chalkville. I think. Yeah. Um. I, I got a feeling like both of those guys will be a part of this class probably in the next two months, and then that's going to make you look even better on the defensive side of the ball. It really will. I, I felt like linebacker was a position that Auburn needed to beef up, obviously, going forward in 2024. Those two guys, you know, would, would be – they may end up taking three linebackers in this class. We don't know. We'll have to see. But they would definitely lead the way. Um, there's some defensive tackles, defensive linemen. Uh, the one that we keep hearing the most. The, the the prize that Auburn would love to flip from Alabama is the Sterling Dixon kid. And I keep hearing so much about how much he loves Auburn, how much he loves you mm-hmm. freeze. It's just chatter, chatter, chatter. That would be huge. I think I believe he's a five star. So yeah, you know, you get kids like that, and then you get Riddick, 
I think is the other kid's name that was a Georgia commit. Um, oh, Zach. Thank you, Zach. Yeah, I, I did not see that, honestly. I was looking at the screen. But, yeah, Riddick. Zach with Georgia. an eight. Zach. Yes. Uh, I think those are the kind of kids that really end up just skyrocketing your class to what we talked about, top four SEC, top ten nation. And the message that it sends, right? And, and like, Riddick has been committed to Georgia for forever, but, like, he doesn't go to Athens very often. And so it's – I think if you look at – I haven't looked in a few weeks, but, like, on three's prediction machine, it's got it where, like, he's a Georgia commit, but it's, like, 50% Alabama, 50% Auburn. And it's like, oh, okay. So everybody knows, like, even though he's committed to Georgia, he's not going to end up at Georgia. And it seems like Georgia's okay with that because they're, like, not getting him on campus again. So – um, but man, it's just everything, every time a commit like this happens and a flip like this happens moving forward, I think it's just symbolic of like the things to come, Daryl. I mean, Hugh Freeze is going to recruit at Auburn at a level that we've never seen before. I really believe that. And it's just kind of cool, you know, just an average Friday afternoon, you know, you're getting, you're getting a guy that could be a really solid tight end for your program. This is great. What I look at as an indicator, you know, it's one thing for Auburn to flip guys from Ole Miss and LSU, like they've had the last couple of years when Ed Orgeron was, was on his way out and Ole Miss was just, you know, obviously a situation of playing time or whatever. But when you start, if you start flipping kids from Alabama and Georgia, then you know you're where you need to be on the front porch with the big dogs, where Auburn used to be when they would – now, a lot of times Auburn had their particular set of kids they went after, and, and Alabama and Auburn didn't cross paths a lot. They just didn't on the recruiting trail because Auburn was dipping into Georgia and some of those schools in Florida that was seemed like a pipeline for a very long time um, that we were getting kids from. So now if you start going head-to-head on recruiting battles and you win a few against Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, I think that's indicative of when a program truly gets turned around. Mm-hmm. I'm with because, you. you know, yeah, that, that's again, and you got Oklahoma and Texas coming in the league in a couple of years too. That's going to be very difficult. If I know they 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 recruit a particular region, but again, if Alabama recruits heavily into Texas and Texas is locking those guys down in the SEC, then you've got to beat Alabama on the head to head guys in the state. Uh, War Eagle Wyoming says, does this drive anyone on the current roster to the portal? Is he that good? No, I don't think, I don't think current players reacting and jumping in the portal is due to high school recruiting. I just think it's so delayed. And especially when you look at the tight end room, I think if you're a tight end, you're going to jump in anyway. Like is Brandon Frazier going to jump in because of a guy that's not going to play football till next year? I don't think so. Um, you know, maybe maybe a guy like Landon King enters. I don't know. Maybe he's unhappy with his playing time. We'll see. Um, but all the other guys, like I don't, I don't, I, I don't think if they were to enter the portal, um, I don't think it's because of a high school kid. I'll be honest. The From Deal Frazier, Holy Trinity trifecta of tight ends at Auburn. The fact they haven't left yet tells me they're not going to leave. I'm not. I'm I mean. And give them credit because they have been bypassed, stepped over, recruited over. Let's get fair weather in the transfer portal because we ain't got a tight end to throw to after Shanker leaves. We got Riley Ducker. We bring him in from Minnesota to be our – these guys have watched people get recruited and transferred in over them, and yet they still stay. So I don't think Collins – 
signing for next year will even move the needle on them at all. Yep. Uh, Jason says, I think Perry Thompson flips eventually, but not Sterling Dixon. A lot of people feel better about Perry Thompson. I feel better about Sterling Dixon. Maybe we get both. We'll see. Steve says, I'm from Foley originally. I'd love to see Perry flip to us. Yeah. Me too. That'd be, okay, that'd he's, be a, he's a really good receiver. And if you get a guy like him and Cam Coleman uh, in the same class, you have got elite, elite talent at wide receiver. Hmm. Tanner calling me out for having a, a 4 p.m. coffee. Buckle up. It's going to be a long weekend. It is. I've got a, yeah. I've got a, like a four week old kid. So, yeah. Yep. I I'll thought about it. Didn't have enough time. That's a good call. I mean, I should have got me a little cup of Joe too. You got a, you got like a work call coming up too. So yeah. Yeah, maybe do it then. Yeah. Maybe do it then. All right. We've got like five minutes and then we've got to wrap up due to some other stuff going on guys. So if you have any questions pertaining to Cruton, or the roster or anything like that. We'll open that up real quick before uh, Daryl and I have to, to hop away if somebody wants to do that. I see a few people talking about basketball. Let's stay away from basketball for this show. Um, but a lot, uh, lot of exciting things. So for folks that hopped in late, Martavius Collins, the 6'3", 240-pound athlete um, slash tight end, joining the 2024 class. And I just think the timing of it, I mean, you just mentioned the trifecta of tight ends. Like, they're all going to run out of eligibility very, very soon. And the fact that after that, like, you're going to have Fairweather, you're going to have Riley Ducker, and then you're going to have him, right? Yeah. I mean, you're going to have right. Colin. And I think that kind of frees you up to get another traditional, like, bigger blocking tight end. Right. And maybe they want to turn Collins into that. He's certainly got the frame. He's got the frame to do whatever you want with him. I think that's what's so exciting about this. But I'm curious. I'm curious to see if they still feel like they need to add another tight end that's maybe a little bit bigger, so you can do some inline stuff with them. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's a great point. You're, you're going to have to, um, especially if Auburn runs any of the two tight end system, where they put two tight ends on the field at the same time, which we saw with the staff, well, Cadillac in that group uh, at the end of last year. They used three sometimes on the field at the same time, and really had success running. The football. I think with an RPO, you don't have to go that 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 bad, but you can go empty backfield, two tight end, and three receivers, and see what happens in the red zone, inside the twenty-five. You know that kind. Of, I mean, inside the ten, inside the twenty-five. So there's a lot of variations. I'll be interested to see, but I think you're right. I think that that traditional H back um, lead the way for a tailback coming out of the backfield tight end is still out there to be got. Uh, I'm with you, and I think that's something that could be an exciting sales pitch if you wanted to to get that. King Jalen says, do you think if Perry Thompson commits that we will throw more? I think similar to Daryl talking about the you know running multiple tight end sets a lot last year, I think you have to run what your roster's set up for. And I think in a few years, I mean, we're talking about the 24 season. We're not talking about this season. We're talking about next season, if that were to be the case. For, uh, for Perry Thompson, you know, if you have him, maybe if you get a guy like Cam Coleman, maybe this Bryce King kid from Mobile that uh, goes to Baker the, the, that I think we're close on. You get some of these dudes that are maybe a little bit more productive at wide receiver than what we've traditionally seen over the last 20 years at Auburn. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. And I think, you know, with Walker White coming in, you know, a prolific quarterback, I think we're going to get better offensive line players over the course of, you know, the next two seasons. So, yeah, I, I think so. 
I, I think so. Don't you, Daryl? I mean, that's what the I roster do. is looking like. Yeah, I do. And I think it goes back to coaches that are really successful that aren't stubborn. Don't try to enforce a system based upon personnel that doesn't match that system. They're flexible and they're open-minded to, let me look at the roster. Let me see my strengths. Oh, we got a guy that can really sling it and we got really good receivers. Well, I think we'll be a little bit more pass happy this year, right? Instead of run, oh, we got three or four really stud running backs and a great offensive line. Yeah. Well, we'll throw, we'll run it sixty percent of the time. I think that's where previous coaches got in trouble of trying to enforce their will of their mm-hmm. headstrong, uh, you know, terminology and and their schemes instead of letting the personnel dictate dictate that. And hopefully, Hugh Freeze will adapt. To what he's got in his personnel and just make the adjustments necessary. Warrior Wyoming says, technically, I don't think we can throw less. That's funny. Um, Fitz says, just walked into the news. Yeah, Fitz, exciting stuff. Auburn landed uh, a high three-star tight end that could be a four-star when it's all said and done. Tanner says, I crystal balled Cam Coleman to Auburn two weeks ago. There we go. I love that. Um, you got to be balanced either way. No question about it. No question about it. Guys, thank you for uh, hanging out with us on this little impromptu um, live. There is a chance. If enough stuff goes down tomorrow with the portal opening, there's a chance Daryl and I will go live tomorrow evening. We're sitting on ready. We're sitting on go planning to do something. We're trying to think positive. So, yes, we will do that if it pops. There is a name that I was told to watch out for earlier today that would warrant us going live. So I'm kind of expecting Ooh, teaser. We'll see. I hope, I hope the person is wrong. Daryl, how can people check out everything that you've got going on, man? Uh, follow me on Twitter, DAP 6410, uh, Monday mornings, Auburn up like this morning, Wednesdays with the max round table. And then Thursdays, the final drive with WNSP automobile at five o'clock. Find all my written work at auburndaily.com, and we will see you when we see you. This has been Locked on Auburn. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked on College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.